Abba Yahweh, your truth, your word, blessing me by being able to share this with others that is your truth for your glorification, not for my vainglory, but for the gospel of your word, Father God, and the gospel good news of Jesus Christ who came to sacrifice for me, my brothers and sisters, and anyone who would listen and accept that he is your son and have faith in you. Abba Yahweh Amman, Yeshua Amman, Paraklitos Amman. So, brothers and sisters, <clears throat> I know that I share some things and, and uh, I want you to be very clear. Although it may sound like politics to some, and that's okay. I mean, you know, interpretation and observation and perception, point of views, everyone is entitled. But here's the important thing is that, that um, there was a time and there was a time where uh, I was quite a bit more, but the more I get into the word of God, the more I study the word, the less politicking and what I share and what I say about anything that may seem like that is from observation and in righteous indignation toward what is going on. And it's about the lies that are being perpetrated to the people and not about a side or a political agenda because I believe, and I already have looked it up and studied and looked to this, is that the agenda is far deeper than any political side. It's far deeper. And it's much deeper than, than uh, Democrats, Republicans, any of that business that's going on. It's got nothing to do with that. It has to do with just being truthful. And I'm going to share this with you because I have observed this thing and I've shared it with you already is that um, to step down is cowardice, to step aside is compromise, and that we are not to be confrontational. And I bring this up again because I am righteously angry about this individual who claims to be a pastor. And I say it that way because, brothers and sisters, what this individual is doing is he's using tools of the enemy, which is guilt, compromise, cowardice. All those things are talked about in the Bible. And Daniel, Hananiah, Hanzariah stood up and they stood firm on the promises of God and their faith in God and they refused to observe what King Nebuchadnezzar was declaring that they were supposed to do. And 
they refused to do that and declared their faith in God. And as uh, they were being cast into the furnace, Hananiah and Zariah and Mishael declared that God would stand with them and save them. And even if he didn't, that they were not going to compromise and they were not going to step down and stop worshiping God and they were not going to worship the golden idols and the false idols of Babylon. They were not going to do it. Daniel, before he was cast into the lion's dens and the lies of the Chaldeans brought up to him, he refused to compromise and he stood firmly on his faith. And also, when Joshua was getting ready to go down to Jericho, they were in prayer, and he was getting ready to take the people down to Jericho, and they were going to do their march around. And on the path, he met a man who stood opposing him. And in that, in that speech, in the Bible speech, it's not um, that they were going to fight or that this other man was just facing him and Joshua was facing him and the man was standing in the path. But here's the thing that he observed, that the man had his sword drawn. So now there was a little trepidation in, in uh, Joshua. And he asked the individual, are you for us or for the enemy? Whose side are you on? What side do you take? And that man simply said, nay. And then his reply immediately let Joshua know who he was speaking to. Immediately Joshua threw himself down on the ground, removed his shoes because the man told him that he was on holy ground. The man replied simply, nay. The captain of the hosts of heaven takes no side. Some of you might say, well, wow, okay. But in that response, Jesus Christ was talking to Joshua, the son of God, one of the several times that he was seen in the Old Testament as his heavenly self. So the term captain of the hosts of heaven are, uh, is a term that is used for Jesus Christ. And Joshua knew. And I bring that up because I'm not taking a political side. What I am taking a side to is the lies, the mongering of fear, guilt, an outright prevarication of any semblance of truth. And here's, here's something that I want to share too. And um, I like the way it is in, in my Israeli, but I love, I love the language actually that they, they have in there. And I'm going to share with you from Psalm 78, 7 and 8, that they might set their hope in God and not forget the works of God, but keep his commandments and might not be as their fathers, a stubborn and rebellious generation, a generation that said not their heart aright and whose spirit was not steadfast with God. 
and I'm going to read from my Israeli Bible. I, li- I like they call God Hashem. Hashem. I'm not, I may not. I'm, I'm telling you, sharing with you again, that I'm just getting into the language, so I don't know if the H is actually pronounced or, or not. I still have to study more to find the grammatical uh, properties. But in Psalms 7 and 8, or they call it Tehillim, that they might put their confidence in Hashim and not forget Hashim's great deeds, but observe his commandments. And remember that word means Lord God. And not be like their fathers, a wayward, defiant generation, a generation whose heart was inconstant, whose spirit was not true to Hashem. So that lends a little more to what I observe as being done today. The hearts have become wayward. They're not staying true to the word of God. Now I'm going to share with you the word infallible. Infallible. Uh, Point one is absolutely trustworthy, sure. Point two, unfailing, certain. Point three, not fallible, exempt from liability to error. Meaning that there's no mistake. It is said a way, it's done a way, and it is expected a way. And point four is immune from fallacy or liability to error in expounding matters of faith or morals by virtue of the promise made by Christ our Lord. So bringing this up, because my, again, I share my righteous indignation that I am bringing up because I have now observed and have been observing a number of these that declare themselves to be pastors or elders in a church. This this latest is he declares himself to be a pastor. But in his little oration, he is using guilt, which is a tool of the enemy and not a tool of God, God does not accuse, he does not condemn, and he does not try to drive you into guilt. The Holy Spirit will take your heart and convict your heart that you should repent and turn away, but does not use guilt as a sway tool. This person is saying things that are declaring that if you don't do what he shares that you should do, that it's not Christian and the Christian thing to do. Brothers and sisters, that is absolute contrary to the spiritual teachings that come from the word of God, the truth. And I've shared with you that there are a number of places in the Bible, and Paul writes to the churches to try to encourage them and Jesus Christ himself, when he speaks to the disciples and he teaches them um, that we need to be cautious of those that would come and deceive and teach falsely, false testimony, 
And that, here's the thing too, though, brothers and sisters, I'm not judging this man because that is not my place. I am righteously angry with what he's doing. I am greatly saddened by what is going on in the world and saddened because there are so many that are following this fallacy, these lies, and they are falling prey to it, and they're believing this um, this guilt trip that's being dumped on them, and that saddens me greatly. But here's the thing. I am about my Father's business, the Word of God, to testify for His truth and His way and His Word. Only that, and to share His gospel, and incidentally, the word gospel means good news. And um, the gospel of God, our Lord, Savior, Jesus Christ, the gospel of his truth, and that he came. And he teaches his disciples that we need to be cautious. You must be cautious of those that seek to deceive and teach falsely. The judgment comes to them from the only judge. And that's from God the Father who says, judgment is mine, thus saith the Lord God. Period. <clears throat> what Paul writes to his young protege as he was again incarcerated. And he told him that we must pray for the kings and princes and the judges, for all of those that are weak and doing this thing and that are falling to their own words and declaring themselves to be higher than others and anyone else. We need to be cautious of them and the deception that they will put out. And it's important this, and, and that is why I'm saddened greatly in my heart, but angered at the same time that these individuals are declaring themselves to be, and this latest individual declared himself to be a pastor, a pe sorry, pastor, a pastor, and then using a guilt trip to get people to do what this egregious political agenda is pushing, but the agenda is deeper and darker than just politics, brothers and sisters, much deeper and much darker. The enemy is pushing and he's pushing hard and he's seeking these things. But as I shared with that sign that God put in the sky for me, and I'm telling you again, I'm going to share it once again. This was not to any stretch of imagination as you would look up and say, oh, there's a cuddly little teddy bear, there's a kitten, there's, a, there's an elephant, oh, that one looks like a doggy. It wasn't about that. These were separate from the clouds that were in the sky and they were as plain as someone writing on a piece of paper or on a chalkboard. The, character, the Hebrew character for alive and living was so defined and so definite. I mean, I went to my book and I found it and looked it up and researched the meanings of this Hebrew character. 
and it translates to alive or living. Also sharing that the number seven pertains to the Holy Trinity and the four corners of the world. Four plus three, seven, you have the entire world and God is sovereign, alive and living and sovereign over the entire world. Now we see things that are going on and that might trouble some, but here's the thing, God is sovereign. Faith in God, walk in faith, not by sight, brothers and sisters. We are called to do that very thing. And remember this truly and surely, as it is in the infallible truths that come from the Bible, the word of God, proven over and over and over again. And now there are archaeologists that are finding things in the Bible that were spoken of. They're finding archaeological and scientific evidence that shows it to be truth. Brothers and sisters, this is infallible truth. There is no error here. This comes from God. Those symbols that God put up there, the seven churches, the seven seals, the seven angels, pertaining to the Trinity and alive and living God, Jesus Christ, the Holy Spirit that is sovereign over this world, alive and living. Jesus Christ in Matthew 24, and Jesus answered and said unto them, take heed that no man deceive you, for many shall come in my name, saying, I am Christ and shall deceive many. And ye shall hear of wars and rumors of wars. See that ye be not troubled. For all these things must come to pass, but the end is not yet. For nation shall rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom. And there shall be famines and pestilence and earthquakes in divers places. And these are the beginning of sorrows. Then shall they deliver you up to be afflicted and shall kill you and ye shall be hated in all nations for my name's sake. That's Jesus Christ talking to his disciples, brothers and sisters. He's talking to us as plain as he was talking to them. Be not deceived and be warned that these things were meant to be in place before the coming of the Son of Man. Jesus Christ declared as it was in Luke and Luke wrote this down that it would be as it was in the days of Noah before the coming of the Son of Man. Son of Man is a declaration and a prophecy of the name of Jesus Christ, which is what a whole lot of Pharisees got all twisted about, was that he declared himself the Son of Man. Oh, and he they got upset because he was, oh, you're saying that you're the Son of God and the Son of Man that this... Brothers and sisters, that saddens me greatly. He was and still is Messiah that they looked for and searched for and prayed for and some of them their entire lives. And yet when he was there, they did not have the spiritual ear to hear or the sight to see. And that's what I declare to you today, brothers and sisters. If you have a spiritual ear, hear this and listen to what I'm saying. Brothers and sisters, what I share is for the glory of God. And further, I share with you another thing that I found that in 
I'm, oh goodness gracious, I, can, I cannot remember the country now. Um, I apologize for that. Let me see if I, I believe I shared this. Uh, I did. In Nigeria, you have a great pouring out of the Spirit of God. And in Nigeria, in 200 days, in just under a year's time, that there were 3,500 Nigerians that were killed, or actually the article says nearly 3,500 Nigerian Christians that were killed, and over 300 churches attacked and burned. And this was by jihadists. Now, this is not saying, and don't get the, get all in a twist about this, because all Islamic believers are not this way. There are many that believe the truth of their of the Quran, and they try to follow the teachings and take it to heart and kindness and treating each other rightly and well. And then there are those that declare themselves to be jihadists. And a jihad is a holy war. So they have declared themselves to be those that will take on this holy war and kill anyone that is contrary to their faith and belief. So as I've shared with you before, this day and age, it's happening, brothers and sisters. If you have faith in God and you believe in Jesus Christ and you declare that, then you are a target. You will be a target. And that uh, in the Bible, it tells us that there will be contrition between fathers and sons, daughters and mothers, daughter-in-laws, and mother-in-laws, and that they will turn you in to the judges and the courts, and you will be betrayed, and in many cases by your own family, because you declare Jesus Christ is the only begotten Son of God, and you believe and have faith in God. And they have chosen to walk without spiritual hearing and sight, and they decide that they want to walk in the way of mammon. Brothers and sisters, this is a, a hard time, but as I shared with you already, that God is faithful, he's true, and Christ is our anchor. He is our anchor. And as seamen of old and fishermen, if the boat drifted, they would grab the anchor rope and they'd pull themselves back over the anchor to where they had originally set the anchor down and they started fishing or whatever they were doing there in that particular place. And as the boat drifted, they pulled themselves back to it. So what we must do, brothers and sisters, is grab that anchor line. Jesus Christ is our anchor. The Bible declares him to be so. And he is a shelter in the time of storm. So when the seas 
get topsy-turvy and the waves come up, which is what's going on in the world around. That's what I share with you, brothers and sisters, that we must always be truthful. And we must always share the truth. And we do not drive by guilt or fear, condemnation, that is contrary teaching from the word of God. And we have to be cautious of that. And this individual that was sharing the contrary word that he was doing uh, kind of reminded me of the, the scribes and the Pharisees. Remember how I shared with you that they like to go in and when they put their offering in the uh, the their offering box, they had a separate office box, uh, box and their offering box had this big, um, it was like a Victrola speaker. For those of you that are too young to know what that is in that millennial group, don't get in a twist about that. It's just a grouping. Um, and those that are my age and older will know what a Victrola is. It, it had a big trumpet-shaped speaker and the needle and the stylus was on the bottom of this. And when it was set on the, ink, on the record and the record turned, the sound would come through it and then up out through that trumpet into the room. Well, the scribes and Pharisees had their own little offering box that they went to so that when they dropped the coin in, it made a whole lot of clattering noise and everyone can hear that they were putting in this great offering. And Jesus used that as a, and he, the parable of the old woman who came in and she quietly, shyly, possibly in embarrassment came and she put her last mite into the box. That's all she had. And yet the scribe made a big production about it. But she gave, she gave more because she gave all that she had. And this guy didn't give so much. He gave might have done a lot monetarily, but he didn't give so much because it wasn't all he had. And he was probably going to get it back anyway. Possibly. But I share that with you because in Luke 20, 46 and 47... Beware of the scribes which desire to walk in long robes and love greetings in the markets and the highest seats in the synagogues and the chief rooms of feasts, which devour widows' homes and for a show make long prayers. The same shall receive greater damnation. So when this person declares himself to be a minister and a pastor and then turns around and declares guilt and uses that as a tool to get people to do what is being wanted done by those out and around that are perpetrating these uh, egregious activities toward citizens not only in this country but of the world. Brothers and sisters, just be cautious of those individuals. Simply because they say that they are a pastor does not mean that they are following the word of God. And simply because that person says that they're a pastor and then he's going to have some sort of vaunted authority to say, oh, if you don't go do this thing and you don't do it as I say you are, then 
you're, it's not very Christian, which is essentially what he's saying because he says, uh, if you're a true Christian, you're going to do this and, and that it will show your true Christian love, blah, 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 blah. Yeah, you hear my sarcasm because that's not how God operates. Okay? If you don't accept Jesus Christ as the only begotten Son of God and you don't have faith in God, and you don't believe that the Holy Spirit is real, and you don't pay attention to things that go on out in nature, and you don't admire God's artistry and his handiwork, and you can't hear him speak through all the things out there, then you're not a true Christian. But if you believe in, the, in Jesus Christ having come and sacrificed himself for us and you have faith in God, you believe in the Holy Spirit and you pray and you study the word, study to show that self's approved, that means not for the validation of mammon, but for the validation from God. That's the only validation that matters. And I do what I do because I am about my father's business. I don't care one iota about what folks might think or say out there because my validation is from God and he is the one that I do this for. Not to have somebody say, boy, Raven, man, that was good. It's nice, it's appreciated, but then I have to remind, it is the word of God and I am a conduit. I am about my father's business, period. And I want to say that I appreciate, maybe not in the way that it was done, and truthfully at first I was slightly offended, but then I threw the offense away because it wasn't exactly meant to be that way. It was because those that uh, didn't understand were a little confused and they were becoming offended because they were seeking offense and they found it. Um, so I didn't want to play that game. And I was told because of my verbosity and brothers and sisters, you have already seen that to be true. Some of these that I tried to keep short, but when I start sharing the word of God, I can't, I can't help it. And just trust me in this when I say that, that John, Peter, and Paul had actually done sermons that lasted days. People were going to sleep because they were so tired, but they didn't want to leave because they didn't want to miss the word. And they'd gone for some days. I'm not going to do that. I've gone long enough. Last night, I think I went almost an hour. Ooh. Anyway, I know that you, brothers and sisters, have a lot that you have on the plate and a lot of things going on, but Trust me again when I say this, and I invite you to do so. Try my spirit and see that I do not tell the truth. In chapter 14 of John, I want to share this with you too, that, that Jesus was comforting his disciples. And um, he had... Uh, I believe this was uh, this was when he was sharing with them that he was going to have to leave. So John chapter 14, let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. 
If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am, there ye may be also. And whither I go, ye know, and the way ye know. But now you have to understand that there were those, and, and the disciples were just men. Those who followed Jesus were, were men. They, they had questions and they had some doubts and things that were going. And uh, Thomas speaks up to him and says, uh, Lord, we know not whether you go us. And how can we know the way? Well, because of Thomas's clogged hearing, I mean, he heard sometimes, but and then sometimes he didn't. But when you open your ears your spiritual hearing, and you allow that to be clear, there's no doubt. Brothers and sisters, the enemy tries to sow seeds of weeds in our minds to get us to be doubtful, to get us to be discouraged. He uses condemnation, accusations. He uses guilt and any other means that he can that is not to biblical teaching. It is not from the infallible truth of the word of God. So when there are pastors out there that violate the commandments of the Lord God Almighty and they show that they are cowards because they step down when governmental pressure comes to bear rather than just standing firm in their faith, I mean, you don't have to confront, but don't just say, oh, okay, or step aside and compromise and say, oh, wow, I, you know, I read that passage from the Bible and I, I probably shouldn't have said that because it was, it was totally too honest and, and I don't want you to be offended because you all think it's about you. Well, if it was, then what are you apologizing for? And it comes from the word of God. You don't have to apologize. You can be apologetic, but not apologize for teaching the truth and saying the truth and sharing the truth. How about this? I'm sorry that you find offense in this. Or I'm sorry that you're offended by it. But, you know, the word of God is the truth. And I, my faith tells me that, that the truth comes from God and the Bible is his word. So I share the truth. That's a middle-of-the-road apology. Not apologizing for sharing the truth. And just remember, brothers and sisters, that we are going to be assaulted, attacked, and things are, in this world, not in a great shape. But as we are called to be the light, the beacon of hope. So therefore, faith is the substance of things hoped for. And the evidence of things not seen. 
If you're not faithful and you don't have faith, yeah, you're going to have doubt. You're going to compromise. You're going to be scared of everything that goes on around. Brothers and sisters, you know, these things were all spoken of in the Bible. You go back to Jeremiah, Daniel, Ezekiel, Isaiah, Habakkuk. I shared that one with you the other day. The declaration of this dark world that we're in. But we are called to be the light. And brothers and sisters, uh, we are to do that because that will draw people to, as I've shared with you before, the lighthouse is a beacon to a safe haven. When the sailors were out in a rough sea and they're, maybe their anchor rope broke as ours will not break. Our anchor rope was woven in heaven and it is attached and will not break. But if you cut it, then now see, that's a choice that you make on your own. The enemy does not have authority. They can't do it. They can't cut that rope. They can't even go near it. Why? Because it's made in heaven. Now, this will get a little Hollywoody. When they touch it, it probably burns their skin, kind of like holy water and vampires. That part, I believe, is true. But not that demons can't go into the church because of the threshold. But I believe when they try to put their hands on something that's holy, they don't like it. So our anchor, our anchor rope is true. So out there in a rope made by mammon, perhaps it broke or they pulled up anchor because they were starting back and then the storm came up. On the Sea of Galilee, it was very uh, tumultuous and storms had come up just at a whim, just at a drop of, of, uh, of the proverbial hat. But if there was light on shore and, and uh, one of the greatest lighthouses was, uh, uh, I forgot the name of the heart, I almost said it, but it's a very famous, it's, I think it was one of the eighth wonders of the world that was made so tall and so big and all this, uh, and this uh, it was Greek. But it reflected the light, and that light reflected, went so far out into the ocean, and the sailors would know that that was their safe haven. So if we are shining the light of our Lord, as we are called to do, and we are sharing that, and we're showing that, then we are providing a path to a safe haven. Then we can invite them to church. We can share a passage of scripture. We can declare the truth and we can share that truth. So brothers and sisters, I had one more passage that I was gonna share and I, uh, unfortunately, I uh, did not put my, my marker in it, so I erred in that place. So I'm going to share one that I just, that the Holy Spirit had me stop on here. I was looking for it, but he had me stop here. In the book of Acts, chapter 10. And I'm going to start 
in verse 35. But in every nation, he that feareth him and worketh righteousness is accepted with him. The word which God sent unto the children of Israel, preaching peace by Jesus Christ, he is Lord of all. Brothers and sisters, he is Lord of all. God, our Father, has given Jesus Christ the name above all names. And when he returns as the Lion of the tribe of Judah, as reigning King, which is what many were looking for in the Messiah then, but he came as a sacrificial lamb then. So many were... As the Pharisees were offended, some were doubtful and unsure, but then when they heard him talk and they came to know Jesus Christ, they knew he was truth. And many accepted that way. Sadly, many, when he was crucified and didn't see what the whole plan was, they didn't pay attention to what he was saying because their spiritual ears were deafened or they didn't quite train them they just fell away. They walked away. And it even happened, there were some disciples who did that very thing. They just went their own way and went back to fishing and farming, whatever they were doing. Because their spiritual ears were not what they should be. So brothers and sisters, the word of God is truth. It's righteous. It's infallible. And as I shared with you, there are archaeologists and scientists that are pulling up empirical evidence that shows it to be so. And that means that it can't be doubted once they put that out and present that evidence. It is absolute. You can, how are you going to question it? Because that evidence is presented in there and shows that what was written in the Bible is the truth. And many things are being pulled up out of the ground. Brothers and sisters, I love you and I appreciate your giving me ear. They that have an ear, let them hear. They that have eyes, let them see. And we are not talking about physicality, brothers and sisters. This is spiritually. We walk by faith and not by sight. And the sight that we have is spiritual sight so that we can see the truth. We can hear the truth. Stay in the word of God. Seek his face in all things and do not, do not listen simply because a person claims to be a pastor of a church and then turns away and starts making you, it's trying to use guilt against you and declaring that you're not a Christian if you don't follow and unfortunately, we are a herding species. That's why the analogy of sheep. But the thing of it is that know our shepherd's voice. This temporary shepherd who doesn't care really about the sheep would know and he's fallen. Now, he may be weakened in his heart and needs to be prayed for. And that's okay because that's what I'm going to do. I'm not going to judge a guy because that's not my place. I am just warning 
that there are those out there that are doing this very thing. And brothers and sisters, believe this. If they start speaking as if talking about Jesus Christ and God, and then you hear anything that comes out of their mouth to drive accusations, condemnation, or guilt, get up, walk out, leave, or turn them off, delete whatever you must do, because I'm telling you that that is not a true shepherd, because God does not use any of those tools to drive his point home. Love, compassion, grace, mercy. And yes, we will, we will all be judged, and he's going to ask us. And then finally he's going to say, so why do you think that I should let you into heaven? Father Abba Yahweh, Lord God, maker of all things made, beginning and end, Alpha and Omega, first and last, author and finisher. My good, good Father, because I believe that Jesus Christ is your only begotten Son and that he came and bled and died for me on the cross at Golgotha, on Calvary, for my brothers and sisters, that whosoever, and then he will say, I love you, welcome home. And I can go and see my loved ones, my family that have gone on before me and anyone else because it tells me in the Bible that we will all know and recognize one another. They're going to be different. They're going to be younger and stronger. No more pain, no more scars, no more hurt, no more sorrow, no more tears. But we will sing praises to God and his love and spend our loving time together with him, Jesus Christ, and our loved ones. We will have that promise. And my faith tells me it's so. Brothers and sisters, I love you. You have a blessed day. And you, as I always do, I pray for you on my going out and my coming in. Abba Yahweh, the opportunity that you bless me with to share with my brothers and sisters and that you entrust your word to me to be able to share with them to encourage and uplift them father thank you for allowing me to be your conduit to share your truth your knowledge and wisdom father forgive my shortcomings but in my weakness is your strength father they that have an ear let them hear your truth hear your words father Abba Yahweh Amma Yeshua Amman Parakritos Amman so, brothers and sisters, I'm going to share with you a little bit here um, in that we have, and, and I've got this question that just comes up in my mind all the time is why, um, <laughs> and it's really silly because, uh, quite honestly, we, we're never going to understand anything we can say. I just don't get it. I don't understand, and it continuously it's going to be that way, so we just have to ultimately not look to trying to get an answer resolved uh, what we might be contemplating at any time. The answers come from God the Father, the truth, knowledge, and wisdom. <clears throat> but in saying that, I had a contemplation that, <clears throat> why, pardon me, why is it that uh, 
Why is it there, there are certain songs that are relegated to being sung only at a certain time of the year um, as ritualistic opportunities? Um, this is one of the reasons that, that Christ and in the scripture, he did declare religion as being something that he did not care for. Jesus Christ did not care for religion because it compartmentalized both his father, uh, his self, and the Holy Spirit. They would only be allowed out when a ritualistic opportunity arose and there were certain times and you have churches today, they won't pray in the, in the spirit. They, they, uh, <laughs> they even declare that um, God doesn't do that anymore because it's modern time and there's not a reason for it. Well, let me share this with you about certain things about religions. And uh, when people ask me, oh, what's your religion? I said, well, I don't really have a religion, but if you need to put a label on it, I'm, I'm a Christian, but I'm a disciple of Jesus Christ. Um, you know, and people want to label everything. They've, they've got the saying, and then, of course, as I shared with you before, they get their knickers in a twist and they start being offended about everything. And especially if you declare being a Christian, oh, you're one of those. And I had, uh, I even had a coworker who, and I'm, I'm not sure understanding, except that um, I know that the enemy works on him mightily. And it's working on him mightily because I'm working on him for the opposite direction. Um, I've had to walk away because things just are very dark and I continue praying, but the individuals become very confrontational and it's actually to the point with, again, with the, with the Christian label, he goes, oh, you're one of those. You're, you're like that, so you don't do this or you don't do that. And, and basically just deriding me because of my faith in God and Jesus Christ. But let's continue on with this thing of the songs. This song has become a ritualistic thing. It's only brought out at Christmas time, but it's not. This, this song I've heard others talk about it. I've had a conversation about it. The joy to the world. It's not a Christmas song. There's nowhere in the lyrics Nowhere to be found in the lyrics at all does it say that it's a Christmas song or only a time to be brought out during holiday rituals. It's not. But yet, so many people put it that way. Now, for me, in the conversation I've had with others, and I've heard it said, is that this is a prayer, a call of prayer. It's more like something that, that David would write in the Psalms. And a joy to the world. The Lord has come, let earth receive her king. Let every heart prepare him room. Brother and sister, we're told in, in uh, Paul's writings that we need to have the Holy Spirit in us, the love of God dwelling in us, and Jesus Christ living within us to, to be a part of us so that we reflect that light. But brother and sisters, if we don't prepare him room and we don't, offer that and we say with one out of one corner of our mouth that we're Christians and out of the other corner of the mouth we start making fun of people and belittling them and uh, rumor mongering and we you know back and forth you get two sides of your mouth going and then brothers and sisters you're either going to be or you're not going to be and 
as the scripture also testifies to, and he talks about the church of Laodicea, and he talks about spewing out because they're neither hot nor cold. So you got to be one or the other. You're either going to be for Jesus Christ and faith in God, or you're not. You can't be middle of the road. You can't sit on the fence. Besides being uncomfortable, God does not like that. And you're not being one or the other, and he will spew you out. Spewing is not a good thing. But the song calls out to people to prepare him room. It also... There's also uh, messianic prophecy that goes along with things that are on here. Um, in the book of Isaiah, we have uh, Isaiah 7 and 14. Actually, let me flip to that if you would allow. In the book of Isaiah 7 and 14, we have the declaration of the virgin birth. And I apologize, I had it marked. I did, I, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm a little flustered here because I had it marked and then I've lost my place. But in Isaiah 7 and 14, the prophet Isaiah speaks to the virgin birth. And he explains that. And the, he says that the Lord will send a sign. And hear ye now, O house of David, is it a small thing for you to weary men? But will ye weary my God also? Therefore the Lord himself shall give you a sign Behold, a virgin shall conceive and bear a son and shall call his name Emmanuel. What did the angel tell Mary? The angel told Mary, you shall call his name Emmanuel. Lord with us. And Joseph was also told later when he was upset and distraught, the angel came and told him, you know, his son Jesus and to, to take them and go to Egypt because Herod was looking to kill the baby. And also uh, another tidbit of Messianic prophecy out of the book of Psalm and 69.22, when Jesus Christ was hanging on the cross and he said, I thirst, what did they do? They dipped a hyssop on the end of the staff and they dipped it in vinegar and they put it up to his mouth, his lips, for him to, to try to get a drink. Gall, vinegar, same thing. They gave me gall for my food, vinegar to quench my thirst. So while he was hanging there, they did these things to Jesus Christ. But further exploring the lyrics of this song, repeat the sounding joy 
repeat the sounding joy. In Psalm 72, 17 through 19. And I'm going to read from the old language in the Old Testament. May his name be eternal while the sun lasts. May his name endure. Let men invoke his blessedness upon themselves. Let all nations count him happy. Blessed is Hashem, God of Israel, who alone does wondrous things. Blessed is his glorious name forever. His glory fills the whole world. Amen. And brothers and sisters, the declaration to repeat that, to say it again and again that people call out and repeat that sounding joy that we sing out, we bless him. We, it pleases God greatly. And it's something that he appreciates. And when we do that, it blesses him. And I'm going to read now from the King James in that same uh, 72, 17 through 19. His name shall endure forever. His name shall be continued as long as the sun and men shall be blessed in him and all nations shall call him blessed. Blessed be the Lord God, the God of Israel, who doeth wondrous things, and blessed be his glorious name forever, and let the whole earth be filled with his glory. Amen and amen. And as the lyrics talk about in the song, that the, that the world, joy to the world, the world has that, they know. I've shared that with you before, that the scripture talks about all the world. The song talks about repeat the sounding joy. Let men their songs employ. While the fields and floods, the rocks, the hills and plains repeat the sounding joy. And oh, they do. Heaven and nature sing. In Psalm 96. 96, 11 through 13. Let the heavens rejoice and the earth exult. Let the sea and all within it thunder. The fields and everything in them exult. Then shall all the trees of the forest shout for joy at the presence of Hashem. For he is coming, for he is coming to rule the earth. He will rule the world justly, and its peoples in faithfulness. Hashem is king. Let the earth exult. The many islands rejoice. Hashem, remember, I shared with you that the language and the translation of the old world is Lord God. And the Savior reigns. Repeat the sounding joy. And it does. Let heaven and nature sing. And it does. It does, brothers and sisters. Repeat the sounding joy. Nature declares this all the time. And God himself 
told us that when we try to excuse ourselves, oh, God, I didn't know. And what is his response? All you had to do was open your spiritual ears and your spiritual eyes and you would see because everything around you declares it. Everything around you declares the living God. Brothers and sisters, there will be no excuse. It is there. It's declared by everything around us. All things talk about the glory of God. All things. They have to do, when I'm outside, I listen to the birds singing and chirping. That's a marvelous thing. And here, continuing about that again. Psalm 100, make a joyful noise unto the Lord, all ye lands. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before his presence with singing. Know ye that the Lord, he is God. It is he that hath made us and not we ourselves. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. Enter into his gates with thanksgiving and into the courts with praise. He that Be thankful unto him and bless his name. For the Lord is good, his mercy is everlasting, and his truth endureth to all generations. Brothers and sisters, God is faithful. Great is his faithfulness. Like the song, great is thy faithfulness. Lord, unto me, morning by morning, new mercies I see. Brothers and sisters, we have to understand, too, that grace and mercy is not synonymous. They're two different things. By the grace of God, we are drawing our breath in the morning and we get up out of bed. Do you bother thanking him for that? Do you say, thank you, Father, walk with me in this day that is your day that you have created. Today is your day. I get up and I rejoice in it. Thank you. Or do you just get up and take it for granted? By his grace, you draw that breath. By the mercy of God every single day, you're allowed to keep it and continue breathing. Because trust me, brothers and sisters, if God was not graceful, merciful, and loving to us, you wouldn't be breathing. Because brothers and sisters, we don't deserve everything that he gives us. But he gives it to us unconditionally because he loves us. We are his children. And he loves us. So we must make sure we should ensure that we thank him. And by thanking God, simply lifting up a song, make a joyful noise unto the Lord. Let men their songs employ. Brothers and sisters, that's also in the book of Psalms. In Psalm 98, O sing unto the Lord a new song, for he hath Done marvelous things, his right hand and his holy arm hath gotten him the victory. The Lord hath made known his salvation, his righteousness hath he openly showed unto the sign of the heathen, and to the sight of the heathen. Those that don't believe, he's showing it to them. He says, hey, I am God. These are my people. I love them. They're my children. So do you not think that maybe we should sing a little something to him? We should thank him and praise him for his might. 
Psalm 104, bless the Lord, O my soul. O Lord, my God, thou art very great. Thou art clothed with honor and majesty. Who covers thyself with light as with a garment. Who stretches out the heavens like a curtain. Who layeth the beams of his chambers in the waters. Who maketh the clouds his chariot. Who walketh upon the wings of the wind. Brothers and sisters, our Lord God Almighty deserves us to praise. Abba Yahweh, Amman. Again, I share with you that that means praiseworthy. That's the translation of the word Amman. A-H-M-A-N. When you hear me say, Abba Yahweh, Amman. Yeshua, Amman. Parakletos, Amman. Father, Son, Holy Spirit, praiseworthy. And he is. And he rules the world with truth and grace. We can find that in the book of Isaiah. And it talks about that as well. That Isaiah in uh, 11, 1 through 5, talks about he rules the world. It describes that very thing. And there shall come forth a rod out of the stem of Jesse, and a branch shall grow out of his roots. And the Spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him, the Spirit of wisdom and understanding, and the Spirit of counsel and might, the Spirit of knowledge and of the fear of the Lord, and shall make him of quick understanding and the fear of the Lord. And he shall not judge after the sight of his eyes, neither reprove after the hearing of his ears. But with righteousness shall he judge the poor and reprove with equity for the meek of the earth, and he shall smite the earth with the rod of his mouth, and with the breath of his lips shall he slay the wicked. And righteousness shall be the girdle of his loins, and faithfulness the gird of his reins. The Lord shall rule with truth and grace and all righteousness. He deserves a little bit of something from us. Some of us seem rather hard-pressed to give up anything, which is sad because everything that we have is from God anyway. And you know, here's the other reason that he ought to have praise, honor, and respect from us is that he continuously is in his praise intercession for us. Continuously praise that. And Hebrews 7.25, Paul writes to the Hebrews, Wherefore he is also able to save them to the uttermost that come unto God by him, seeing he ever liveth to make intercession for them. Our high priest, Jesus Christ, came and sacrificed himself for us. And through that sacrifice, as he told the Samaritan woman at the well, 
that when he when the time comes and alluded to it then because it was not yet his hour but that we can be now able to go to God through Jesus Christ we don't have to go get a high priest we don't have to go confess to some man in a booth we don't have to go and have someone uh, shake stuff at us and or rattle things at us and and do this thing ritualistically, which was what it used to be. And uh, they used to have, the, according to the written law, they had sacrifices that had to be done if you did something that you had to do so many sacrifices. And, and that thing was followed. But Jesus Christ came and put that all away by his ultimate, all covering, one and for all. Christ did that for me, for us. Brothers and sisters, that is, if that's not praiseworthy, and then I will share with you in Hebrews 10. 10, 10 through 14, it talks about this sacrifice. I'll, I'll actually start in verse 9. Then said he, Lo, I come to do thy will, O God. He taketh away the first, that he may establish the second. By the which we will are sanctified through the offering of the body of Jesus Christ once and for all. And every priest standeth daily ministering and offering oft times the same sacrifices which can never take away sin. But this man, after he had offered one sacrifice for sins forever, sat down on the right hand of God from henceforth expecting till his enemies be made his footstool for by one offering he hath perfected forever them that are sanctified. Brothers and sisters, that's us. We accept that Jesus Christ is the one and only begotten Son of Lord God Almighty, Abba Yahweh, Hashem, Lord God, maker of all things made, Adonai, El Shaddai, however you want to call him. He has many names and they're all his characteristics. But Jesus Christ, brothers and sisters, sits on the right hand of the Father God and he prays intercessory prayers for us daily. And in Philippians 2, 9 through 11, this is also part and parcel of, of the joy to the world as he rules the world in truth and grace. And Philippians Christ exalted. Wherefore God also hath highly exalted him and giveth him a name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow of things in heaven and things in earth and things under the earth. 
and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. If that does not, is that not praiseworthy, brothers and sisters, then we have an issue. <laughs> we definitely have an issue. And self-examination reflection is important. But like I share all the time, brothers and sisters, they that have an ear, let them hear. And if you don't want to listen, just turn me off. But I also declare to you to try my spirit that if I do not speak the spirit of truth, that the Holy Spirit will take you away. And you don't listen anymore. And that's okay. Doesn't hurt my feelings. Not at all. Because I am about my father's business. And that's all that matters to me. Brothers and sisters, you have a very blessed day. You have a grandiose day. Um, the rest of it anyway. Um, that it would be done. And I appreciate you. You have a great day. And as I've shared with you many, many times, I pray for you on my going out, my coming in. And through the course of the day, you are on my mind and the darkness that's going on around us in the world about that we need to be that bright, shining light to reflect that light that is supposed to be within us. And let every man song employ so that we sing out praises to Lord God Almighty. Joy to the world. The Lord has come. Joy to the world. He reigns forever. And we are going to go with him. When it comes time for us, brothers and sisters, we're going to be there. We're going to recognize each other. I'm going to know you. I don't even, I haven't seen you. I have a few people Hopefully they're still listening that I do know personally. But we're going to know one another once we get there. It's going to be this bonding thing, a spiritual bonding that God allows for us, which is going to be very cool. I'm going to see my mother, my father, my grandparents, my favorite uncle, my brother who just recently passed away, my second oldest brother. I shall have three more that are bounding around out in this planetary darkness somewhere, praying for them all the time. Um, and I'd appreciate your prayers for that as well. But brothers and sisters, you have a blessed day. Be encouraged. That I know that I share some darkness sometimes, but it, it troubles me, and the Lord knows it. That's why I believe he gave me that that uh, sign up there because my heart is troubled for what goes on. Not for me personally, because I already know what the truth is, okay? I seek the truth from the Lord God Almighty. I seek the truth every day and I look for that. I don't follow along the lies and all these things that are being told to people and I don't become fearful so that I follow foolishly. I look for the truth. I seek his knowledge and wisdom and brothers and sisters, my heart is troubled for what goes on out there for others. Um, and I pray. And when I say brothers and sisters, it's not just the brethren within the body of Christ or the body of the church. We are all brothers and sisters. God 
made us that way. We're supposed to gather together. We're supposed to be together. We're supposed to be bonding. Um, and yet there are groups out there that push derisiveness and hatred and they don't want anything to do with anyone because of the color, because of their faith, because of their gender, or because of their, who knows what it is now, their lack of gender. Now they call them, I, uh, gen, gender X, I, I don't know what they're even calling them anymore. But there's so much of this derisiveness that's going on out there and separation one from another. Brothers and sisters, we're all brothers. We are all brothers and sisters. And I pray for all of everyone. The ideology is the separation. If it is an abomination to the Lord God Almighty, the maker of all things made, then it must be to a true, faithful, Jesus Christ believing, God fearing, faith having, Holy Spirit speaking, praying Christian, it must be an abomination to me as well. Not the person, the ideology. And that therein lies the problem. People confuse the two. They start pointing their finger and they start saying that, 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 or her, 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 he, 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 them, them, them. And it's not, it's the ideologies. I don't get into that stuff, brothers. I pray for everybody because that's what we're told to do by the word of God. I love you. Many of you I haven't seen, I don't even know, haven't spoken to, but I love you because you're my brother and my sister, my heavenly brother and sister. And I am told that I must do this because we're all one family. You have a blessed day. Have an encouraged day.